Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning. How are you guys doing? He is risen. Oh, it still always gets them. I love it. I love it. Uh, Happy Easter. So glad that you guys are with us this morning. You know, uh, we have been going through this Holy Week, and this is the culmination of Holy Week. It's the celebration this Easter Sunday of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We're here celebrating today because of who he is. Now, it wouldn't be Easter Sunday if I didn't say this. You know what I'm about to say, Chris? You probably know, but uh, what I'm about to say, it wouldn't be Easter if I didn't, uh, this is a patented line. Let me just assure you guys, we're here every week. (laughs) It's crazy. We're not just here Easter Sunday. You're more than welcome to check us out on weeks between Easter and Christmas and Christmas and Easter. I love it. You guys are great. Thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> he is risen here. He is not here, but he is risen. Jesus is risen. We, uh, um, sorry, Seth. Um, we're in this Easter Sunday. I, I, I am one who always liked to ask the question, why? It's not a bad question, why? You should continually ask the question, why? Don't just accept what is said to you, but ask why and dig in. So Easter Sunday, why does it matter? And I kind of want to take a non-traditional approach at this today. Um, I love movies that start with the end and then go into the middle or the beginning. You you know what I'm talking about? You know, it kind of throws you, just kind of gets you a little bit. Here are three, four great movies. Now, let me clarify. I have not seen any of these movies. Your pastor would not put his eyes before uh, Hangover Part 1 and 2. That's just trash. But I know my wife has, so that's how I knew what had happened here. I would not watch these things. But if I did, the fun part of it is they, they, they put the, the end in the beginning. And they kind of make you think a little bit of what's going on. And today, um, I, I want to do that. When I talk about why Easter matters, I want to take the end of the story and I want to make it the beginning, and then I want to take the beginning of the story, and I want to make it the middle, I want to take the middle, and I want to make it the end. So you're going to have to think a little bit today. This isn't like a normal Sunday where you just check out some of you nap and sleep and all those things. I need you to focus and think before you eat that ham in about three hours, okay? You, don't have, you haven't hit the wall yet, but so just, just stay with me. There's something here. I'm, I'm excited about this morning, so we're going to kind of mix things up a little bit here. Easter was never just about the middle. Let's think about it. Easter was not just about the middle of the story. We have made it all about the middle of the story. We do that when we have Easter bunnies and Easter egg hunts and, and the second half of C&E, Christmas and Easter, the second half of C&E, we do that. We make it about the middle of the story when, when we talk about the resurrection and, and family dinners and all those things, and they're good. Now, stay with me. Some of you may have checked out already. said, what's he talking about? It's not about this. 
But it's, it's the whole picture. We make it about this moment in time. Sunday, Easter Sunday. But it's, there, there's so much more to this story that you and I need to be a part of. Easter's about redemption. It's about redemption. But you have to see the whole movie in order to fully understand what God did some 2,000 years ago on Easter Sunday. Redemption is really important. I was, uh, does anybody know what WikiHow is? Okay, young people, uh, let's, let's just see how old everybody is. If you know, don't, if you know what WikiHow is, raise your hands. Okay, we got into it yesterday because I'm like, when I was showing her my notes, she's like, WikiHow, you misspelled something or what is that, you know? And, and to be uh, truthfully, I didn't know until I saw it in an article, so I must confess, I acted like I knew what I was doing because I was cool and young, but I'm not cool and young. I'm old and fat. But I, I, WikiHow had an article that I was reading about uh, that consists of 21 steps in three sections on how to help you to redeem yourself. Each step has explanations, illustrations, that, that working examples. And, and they were talking about things uh, that include a, acknowledging your wrongdoing before the other person finds out. They're talking about take responsibility for your actions. Face the realities of your life. And, and it mentions wrongdoings in there and, and how you redeem yourself around things like cheating on your spouse. Breaking trust through lying, through drinking and drugs. And it, it's this... 21-step process. See, even the world understands that redemption is critical. That 21 cents, I'm not so sure about, but the world tells you that you need to be redeemed in your relationships. And redemption means this, being delivered from a bad situation or danger that threatens us. Something dangerous. It's about being rescued from a situation that brought you to a place of freedom and safety. You were in something that was a little squirrely, a little tough, a little dangerous. Redemption brings you out of it into safety. That's what it literally means. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 1.7. He says this in Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of offenses according to the riches of his grace, talking about Jesus. What's critical about this redemption Paul is talking about is this. It's not wiki how. It has nothing to do with redeeming my relationship with my wife, although I need to redeem my relationship with my wife at times. It has nothing about redeeming my relationship with friends, although there's times I need to redeem my relationship with my friends because I'm an idiot. It's nothing about, you know, it's, it's, there, that is all true, but what Paul is talking about here is something much greater. It's redeeming a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. Think about that. We're, we're all right at redeeming a relationship here, you, me, and in these relationships. But ultimately, if God is God, the creator of heaven and earth, there's something that has to be had in us redeeming our relationship with the creator. And, and, and Paul preaches this in the gospel. He says, through Jesus Christ, that we have been redeemed. The redemption has come to us through his blood. This is or Friday night when we talked about um, uh, Good Friday and, and Christ's violent death on the cross where his blood was fully shed for each one of us. Jesus died in our place to take God's judgment on himself. 
Good Friday. That's why we celebrated Good Friday. This tension between the darkness of, of them thinking Jesus is dying and, and the redeeming of, of Jesus coming back, knowing that he would come back. But they didn't know that. What it means is this, that we are redeemed from God's judgment for our sins. What Jesus did on the cross means that you and I don't have to stand trial. Vince, you know what that's like, a resident lawyer. I don't have to stand trial and give an account for my sins because Jesus paid the price on the cross and his blood washed away all my sins. Redeemed. A great cost, but it didn't cost you. It cost Jesus his life. It cost him everything. And the wonderful outcome is that you and I have eternal life when we come into this relationship with Jesus. Easter is about the redemption we have been given and the forgiveness of our sins. That's the celebratory part of it, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just end there. There's so much more to it than that. Not only does Jesus redeem us, but he restores us. See, we sit in this place of just redemption. It's like, oh, we're forgiven. We're good. But we, we stop and we don't think about the walking out, the, the, the restored part, that we're not the same creation in Christ, that I don't have to be like I was. I don't have to act like I did. I don't have to walk in the guilt, condemnation, and all the things that I did before because not only did he redeem us, he restored us. To be new people in Christ. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Many of us are so deep in it. When I say deep in it, life. We're so deep in this thing called life. We think things like this. If you really knew me, you wouldn't think the same about me. We, we think there's no way that I could be forgiven. They say, ah, my sin? We think like, things like, it's too late for me. And I'm not a good person. We grab a hold of these thoughts, and the problem is they sit in our head, and it's completely contrary to what the redemption of what Christ did on the cross some 2,000 years ago, no matter how much of an idiot you are or aren't. Redemption. Let's look at the end of our story. Here we go. Remember, end, beginning, and middle. Let's look at the end of our story. But remember, God redeems and restores. Keep the context of what that is as you're looking at the end of this story. Here's the end of this story that we're telling today. When they had finished breakfast, who was they? The disciples. Jesus had already been resurrected. He had revealed himself to the disciples. Okay, now they're, they're hanging. When Jesus had finished breakfast, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to them, him, tend to my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. It's an interesting going back and forth. Three times Jesus asks him, do you love me? 
Do you love me? Do you love me? And it's, this, it's, it's interesting as you look at it and what, what is going on here because it's kind of like, you know, it seems random that Jesus three times is asking this question. It seems like a little much. It's like it's a little bit of overkill. It's like a mom asking her kid, you know, hey, tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Tell you. And the kid goes, I, you know I love you. It doesn't seem, it, it seems like, in fact, Peter seems a little perturbed as you read that story. But Jesus is being very intentional. Remember the story. We're at the, we're, at the, we're, at the, we're at the beginning or we're at the end of the story right now. And we're talking about, about redeeming and restoring. Jesus is being very intentional, asking this question three times to Peter. Now let's go back to the beginning of the story. End, beginning, and middle. See, the beginning of the story, remember that we know the end of the story. Now we're going to go back to the beginning of the story and we're going to set the tone of what just happened here. See, the beginning of the story is this. Simon, Simon, this is Jesus speaking to Simon as a disciple before Jesus had been crucified. Simon, Simon, Satan demands that I have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to both prison and to death. Jesus said to Peter, I tell you, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. You know me. It keeps going. And Peter was following at a distance. Now, Jesus had just been arrested. This is right after, after he had been arrested and, and they're taking him away and, and they're following. And, and Peter was following at a distance. And when he had kindled a fire in the middle of the countryside and sat down together, Peter sat down among them, all these people, watching what was going on. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, looked closely at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it. And woman, I don't know him. And a little bit later... Someone else sat, saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Three times. This is the part that gets me. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter, remembering the saying of the Lord, now he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. There was a brokenness to this man. He remembered what Jesus had said. Look, uh, this part, I just... I, and he turned and looked at Peter. The Lord looked at Peter after the third denial. Can you imagine the scene? Here is Jesus having just been arrested. Here is Jesus. And, and, and Peter says, God, you know, I'm with you to the end. I'm with you to the end. And by the way, this is the end. And as he denies him, Jesus just looks his way and their eyes connect. And this weight... This, this Peter had no idea what was going on. So you can only imagine Jesus is now arrested. He's thinking, what, are, what just happened here? And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Jesus says, I don't know you. 
I don't know you. I don't know you. What happened to the Lord? I'm with you in both prison and death. What happened with you? I'm, I'm with you, Lord. Not going anywhere. What happened to it? You and me. Here we go. You, you know that? You know those, those things that we say when we have this encounter with God? God, I'm with you. I'm with you at work. I'm going to stand and take my ground, and I'm going to be a man or a woman of integrity. And I'm not going to cuss anymore. I'm not going to drink anymore. And you end up not cussing or drinking any less. That was kind of funny on Easter. <laughs> what happens to those stands that we take in our marriages go, look, I'm going to let God just direct my marriage, and I'm going to love you like Christ loved the church, and I'm going to be like him. And we make these declarative statements, God, I'm with you to the end. See, because the reality is, I'm just a lot like Peter. See, because every time that I sin, what I'm doing is saying, God, I got it. I don't need you. Every single time that, that, that I am edgy and, and short and, 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 and mean, and I know this is hard for you guys to believe, but I, I've been mean once, to my wife, I'm denying Jesus. Every time that I explode in anger and those words come forth, I'm denying Jesus because this is what I'm saying. God, I've got it under control. I can control the situation. Don't need you. I'm good. Every time I look at something I'm not supposed to look at, every time I say something that I'm not supposed to say, every time I do something that I'm not supposed to do, I'm denying Jesus. I'm not with him. I don't know him. You see, there, there was this, it was a complete denial of Jesus. Now, now here's what blows my mind. Peter was, was, was with Jesus three years, day and night, lived with Jesus. They were brothers. They hung. They did life together. They healed the sick together. They cast out demons together. They raised the dead. Peter walks on water. I mean, that's some pretty gnarly stuff. They were like this. He denies them three times. Not unlike me. Some of you are a lot like Peter. You know, once you were walking with Jesus. Some of you have encounters with Jesus. Some of you knew Jesus as a little age, but life just kind of came along and, and now all of a sudden, eh, just you get Jesus in your pocket. Some of you have had these incredible encounters with Jesus. You've seen miracles. You've watched God do incredible things in your life. And somehow, someway, he's sitting little Jesus in your pocket. Some of you walked with Jesus, left Jesus, walked with Jesus, left Jesus. We're a lot like Peter. Something happened to us. You were hurt. How did God not protect me from that? You're afraid. God, please don't let me lose this. Things didn't go the way that you had hoped. This is the way my life is supposed to go. This is the way that it's planned out for me. This is what it's supposed to look like. And for whatever reason, what the heck is going on, God? Because it doesn't look like this. It looks like that. And I don't like that. Jesus didn't answer your prayers the way that you thought that they should be answered. Life is just hard, and it comes and knocks your legs out, and you go, who is this Jesus, and where is he? Kind of like Peter. 
I mean, you think about it. Peter is bought into the game. Jesus says, I'm the one. Peter's all in. He left a, 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 a fishing business. He left his, his family. He left everything and bought right into this thing. And now all of a sudden, he's being taken away. Now all of a sudden, he doesn't want to be identified with him. Now all of a sudden, he's literally denying Jesus. Now all of a sudden, he sees Jesus. Not unlike you. Not unlike me. Now this is why the middle matters. This is why the middle matters. This is why we celebrate. The end, the beginning, and the middle. The middle of the story says this, out of Luke 24, 1 through 7. It says this, And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find a body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Ah, oh, come on. I, I warmed you up early. I warmed you up early, and I've already put you to sleep. Okay, he says this. And he's not here, but he is risen. Remember now, he told you, while you are still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful man and crucified, and on the third day he rose again. Look, paint this, this, this picture of the story. We looked at the, at the end first, and God rest or Jesus restoring Peter. And then we looked at the beginning, and, and, and Peter just completely denying Jesus. And now we look at the middle of the middle is the hope, but it's the whole totality of the scripture that, that matters. Easter is about the gospel, but it doesn't stop here. Just ask Peter. Here's Peter. He was restored by Jesus three times. He denies Jesus in the beginning of the story. And what we see is this, this story that plays out in the middle of the story, or the middle of the story. Jesus is resurrected and the hope is restored. But at the end of the story, what we see is this. Not only is hope restored, Jesus restores the person of Peter. He denies them three times. Jesus is, is having this meal with the disciples. And he, he goes, hey, Peter, come on, let's go for a walk. And I, I can only imagine, maybe he has his arm around him, like a father does with a son. And he's asking Peter these questions. And Peter doesn't understand why. All along, in God's goodness, in his wisdom, in his graciousness, in his love and who he is, what he's doing is he's restoring Peter. Peter says, I don't know him. Jesus says, do you love me? Peter says, I don't know. Jesus says, do you love me? Peter says, I don't know him. He says, do you love me? Three times he denies. Three times Jesus restores the man that God called Peter to be. And each one of us live our lives and, 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 and redemption is critical, but restoration is so important. The redeeming act that Jesus did on the cross some 2,000 years ago is amazing and I need every bit of it, but I can't sit there. Jesus said this of Peter, and he restored him to his purpose. Matthew 16, he says, I tell you, you are Peter. 
And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is the guy that just said, I don't believe in you, Jesus. And Jesus says of him, on you, on this revelation that you have, Peter, I'm going to build the kingdom of heaven. Are you kidding me? What does that mean for you and me? We're all idiots. I don't know if you guys know that. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the beauty of Easter is that God died for our sins that you and I might have eternal life and that we're forgiven from our sins. But it doesn't stop there. Not only that, Jesus restores us to who he created us to be so that you and I might make a difference and bring hope into this world. The story doesn't stop on Easter. It's only the middle of the story. It's huge. It's important. It is the crux of the gospel. But it's only part of the story. It's not the whole story. See, because when God restores Peter, there's no more guilt. There's no more condemnation. There's freedom in Christ. When you sin and you fall and you sit in this and the enemy lies to you and says, you're a loser, you'll never get over it. We, we look to Easter and the resurrection of Christ and the blood of Jesus that covers my sins. But it's when Jesus grabs a hold of us and says, there's no more condemnation. You don't have to walk in the foolishness of, 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 of guilt. I've freed you. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be right. But the scripture says it. And when we walk in it, we're new people. Too much of the church walks in just a piece of Easter Sunday. Yeah. Yes, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Okay, great. But have you allowed God to restore you so that you would be the people that God has called you to be? See, because that's the hope and glory. The Christ in us that lives in us going forth. Look, if it was just all about you, we'd just take this whole thing and just sit on it and hold it and not give it out. But it's not about me. It's about others. It's about the fact that when you leave this place today, there are people who don't know Jesus that are dying and going to hell apart from a relationship with Jesus. And you have the hope that lives in you. You have the answer sitting in your hands. That's why Jesus restored Peter. Not because Peter was some, you know, amazing guy. Because he had called Peter to change the world. In the same way that he's called so many of you, all of you in some aspect or area, to make a difference in this world. Whether it's being a police officer, whether it's being in the military, whether it's being in sales, whether it's pouring concrete and working hard, whether it's I, whatever it is you do in the middle of that, God wants you to bring the hope that is Christ Jesus. See, because Easter was never just about the middle of the story. It's about so much more than that. It's about so much more than that. It's about the fact that before the foundations of the earth, God knew you. And he had a purpose for your life. And the enemies try to cut out your legs, tries to cut out our legs and tell us otherwise and lie to us. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Repent. And when we repent and ask forgiveness for our sins, Jesus grabs a hold of us and says, okay, now I'm going to restore you to be the man, the woman that I've called you to be. Easter is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ.
about restoration. But there's so much more. There's so much more. When I sit here as a pastor and I look at the different faces and I know most of the stories, I'm like there's power there. If you allow God to restore you to who he's called you to be each and every day. I need it regularly each day because I'm a fool regularly. I'm not a fool. I act like a fool regularly. And God restores me when I ask forgiveness. But I can't sit in the guilt and the condemnation. I have something that others need. I had uh, lunch this week, and I'll finish with this lunch. I had coffee this week with, with uh, someone. And uh, they were they were telling me about a situation that they thought I knew about. And they were repenting in the situation. They were, uh, they were a pastor, and uh, apparently, I didn't hear it or see it, but apparently this pastor yelled and cussed out this guy that I know. I mean, like, went off on him. And uh, I, I, he calls me to meet with me, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Why am I meeting with him? You know, I, I never really hang out with him or meet with him. But he starts confessing all this, this, this stuff about he was cussing this dude out, and, and he thought I heard and, and saw it, and, and so he wanted to make that make sure I knew that he's a pastor that didn't do that. And I'm like, no condemnation here. I watched. I've, I've never done that. Of course not. <laughs> so why would I judge you? But I see you have, but I wouldn't. You know. And, and as I'm talking, I'm going, look, this is the beauty of why I have a relationship with Jesus. Because one minute I can be an idiot, but if I repent and ask Jesus to forgive me. Now, here's the caveat. I can't go back to be an idiot. It's this process of changing, because that's what the Holy Spirit does in me. I said, you know, the, you know the game. Don't walk in condemnation. Don't walk in guilt. Walk in the freedom of who you are in Christ Jesus. And when you fall, get back up. And bring the hope that sits in your heart that is Jesus Christ. And allow him to restore you. It's Easter Sunday. And right in the middle of the story of Jesus rose from the dead. Right in the middle of the story of hope. Jesus rose from the dead for you and for me. If you don't know Jesus today, the Bible says this in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. That's, that's mind-blowing. What he's saying here is this Easter Sunday, Christ rose from the dead. He paid the price for our sins. If you don't know Jesus, he's saying... Invite him into your heart. Today is the day of salvation. And when you repent and ask forgiveness, God is faithful to forgive. And the beauty of what we've just been talking about, and then when you walk out these doors, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's freedom in Christ Jesus. That's the beauty of the Easter story. That's the Jesus that I worship and serve. Now today, go be the church. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus. This is a scripture that we've been hanging on for the last eight weeks. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. 
When you have dinner today with everybody, be the hands and feet of Jesus and preach the good news. When you go to work Monday, be the hands and feet of Jesus and preach the good news. Because the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Because they bring hope. They bring hope. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning, Father God. Thank you for who you are. God, for this Easter Sunday that, that we get to worship. But God, it's, it's not just about one day a year. It's not just about this Easter day, God. It's just, just part of, of all that you do. God, it, it's so important. And, and the crux of the gospel is, is this day, your resurrection. But God, you continue by restoring us each and every day. God, let us be a people, a church that is whole and has been restored by you. God, that we wouldn't walk in guilt, that we wouldn't walk in condemnation, but we'd walk in the freedom that Christ Jesus gave us when he died on the cross and rose again some 2,000 years ago. God, I thank you for these men and women. Lord, I send them today to be your hands and feet. The feet of those Bring the good news of the gospel of Christ Jesus. God, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, Lord, you're, that they would just pray that prayer. That prayer being, God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you today. God, please forgive me for my sins. The Bible says today is the day of salvation and you shall have eternal life. God, I thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.